What's up, everybody? Since the Sandbox Fantasy Rankings are back, everyone's happy. We read about it in the paper. Today, we're doing tight ends. We just got done with our quarterbacks list, and uh, you guys can see all the rest of our rankings on SinceTheSandbox.net. Become a member. You'll have access to our cheat sheet, and you'll probably win a fantasy league or two. Might as well do it, guys. <laughs> but uh, just a heads up before we get into this, Gronk is not in my top 10, Kev. Just going to say it out loud. He's not there. Neither is uh, Matt Lacoste. <laughs> hey, that's a nice way to start it off. Um, I'm going to go right in at 10. And Lou, I have him right at 10. So he just made my list. And it just because his touchdown potential. I mean, he realistically might not even play the whole field. He might get in just as soon as the offense passes the 50. You know, once he gets down to the red zone, I'll stop being a decoy. And he might actually catch – eight to 10 touchdowns. If he's lucky, I just don't think the yards will be there. Um, so that's my expectations for Gronk touchdown heavy, but I would, I wouldn't depend too much on the yards. Next at nine, this guy is going to be someone absolutely heavy on the yards. And that's Darren Waller. That was a surprise tight end last year. Uh, he really excelled with, with the new Vegas Raiders and we're hoping to see that offense take the next step. I mean, they got, they drafted their receiver this year. We know that they got uh, Waller last year along with Josh Jacobs. So now it's all on car to really see if he's going to make it work. Uh, Lou, you might have this guy a little higher than me, uh, but I got to have him eight, and that's Tyler Higby. Uh, I think he's really going to be a stud in that Rams offense, and he's going to pick up the slack for a lot of the missing pieces there. Um, at seven, I think this guy has potential to be higher, and my sixth guy definitely has potential to be higher as well. But both of these guys are always battling injury, and it seems that we just always get them for six to eight games in a fantasy year. And they're good when they do get those six to eight games, but you definitely have to make sure that you draft depth because I always say that tight ends are the biggest difference-making position when it comes to fantasy football. You know, the top guys really average above 10 points per game, and then when you're just picking off the scraps in the waiver wire, these guys really get the ball three to four times a game barely excelling on their opportunities. So, you know, seven, Hunter Henry, six, Evan Ingram. Guys, you have to stay healthy if you want people to keep trusting you. Kevin Lou, why don't you guys hop in? Yeah, so Steve, with the Gronk thing, I, I'll bet my money he plays third downs in the red zones only. And if he gets one injury, they'll shut him down to the playoffs. It, it's it's the, the risk of getting him injured in the regular season for the Bucs. Uh, will not outweigh the reward in the playoffs when he's healthy. So I, I really think he's just going to be there as a decoy and just as a threat on third down sometimes. But but they know what the end goal is. It's not like they don't have depth at that position as well. But at 10, I have Hunter Henry. I really like the kid. I think he's a, a good blocker as well. But who is it uh, as the quarterback this year? Tyrod Taylor with the Chargers. I mean, he has some potential, Steve, but between the injuries and not having a top-tier quarterback, not like Phillip Rivers was one, but they did have a good connection. I just can't rank him any higher than 10. At 9, I have Jared Cook. I think he's going to have a good season. He was great at the end of last season when he was healthy uh, with Drew Brees, and I think they have a solid connection. Tons of weapons to distract defense's attention away from him, so he should have a lot of opportunities. 8, dude, I have, I have Waller. I wanted to put him higher, but I don't trust the Raiders as a whole. They just do nothing for me. I like Gruden. I just don't know how well he can build an offense without having a superstar quarterback behind there. Nothing against Derek Carr, but he's just not the guy in my opinion. After that, I have Evan Ingram, Steve, your guy at, at uh, seven. I think if he's healthy, he's going to be a great piece for the Giants, especially with Saquon if he's healthy and Daniel Jones and Sterling. I mean, they have a lot of potential. So if they're healthy, that's a good young core. 
Uh, and then I have Higby at 60. You're right. Just a little higher than you. I think he has a ton of upside. The Rams always utilize the tight end. He can block. He can go out and make plays, plays after the catch. Really good in the red zone. And the, and the Rams offense is no joke. So I think he'll get plenty of time with the ball in his hands. So I'll jump in with my 10 through six. And at number 10, kind of around the same area you had him, Lou. I got Jared Cook. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, he's one of those guys that, again, I think defenses, you know, just sometimes forget about him because of all the high-powered weapons on offense they have, especially now, like we said in the last episode, talking about the quarterbacks, adding a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. I could see Jared Cook having one or two big passes a game down the seam and maybe sneaking a touchdown or something and sneak his way in the top 10 fantasy tight ends this year. So definitely expect a decent year from Jared Cook. But like you said, I mean, Lou, he's just one of those guys that, is just consistent, and, and Breeze likes throwing to him, so we'll see what happens. At number nine, unfortunately, Lou, I do have Gronk there, but kind of along the lines with Steve, I think a lot of red zone and, and third down snaps for him is going to be his role, but I mean, obviously, we know that's Brady's guy. He's more of a comfort guy for Brady this year, but definitely could see Gronk putting in you know some touchdown numbers, but I do agree with you at the same time, Lou. I don't think he's going to be playing a whole lot of snaps, but like we said, definitely the, the third down and the red zone snaps are going to be his. So I feel like that's the only reason you got to keep him, you know, in that top 10 area. At eight, I have Hunter Henry. At seven, I got Tyler Higby. And then at six, again, about one of three good things the Giants have going for them. Uh, and that's Evan Ingram. Yeah, I mean, if he stays healthy, he's a great thing. But, you know, that really hasn't been the case at all during his career. Um, and before I, I go five to one, Lou, I know you definitely have a couple of tight ends that you think very highly of outside of the top 10. Um, but I'm just, I want to talk about two of them really quick. And one of them just got traded to a new team is going to be in a new offense. And I think he can really excel and actually has top five potential, but I just have to see it because he wasn't that great of a blocker. So he's really just going to be a predominantly a receiver. And that's Hayden Hurst. I think that trade with the Ravens could be really beneficial for that Atlanta offense. I mean, if you really want to double team, Julio Jones, and you want to leave Calvin Ridley one-on-one and Hayden Hurst one-on-one, those two guys are going to burn you. So you definitely got to make sure that, that Hayden Hurst is accounted for because he's a guy that will make you pay for it. Um, and Lou, I just want to go to Indy real quick. I mean, Jack Doyle going to be in a tight end room by himself. I think he's definitely going to have a great year this year. Try and get those guys as your backup tight ends, um, especially if you have some of those guys that get hurt because you know, those guys are great plug-and-play options. Yeah, Steve, I agree with you. Doyle just barely didn't make my list, man. I really like him this year. Again, I think Rivers will definitely target him more, but you're right. It's going to all have to work out, and he's a great backup option. Uh, or if your offense is really high-powered and he's your starter, that's all right, too. You know what I mean? But you'd have to be really top-heavy. Uh, but to jump in, Steve, at five, this might be a little controversial. I get Zach Ertz at five, man. I think he's really good. But I think Dallas Goddard, a lot of the time, can take a couple of possessions away from him. And Wentz kind of does look towards other options because Ertz is clearly the best offensive weapon they have. So he's obviously going to get a lot of attention. But I can't rank him higher than five to start the season. No, nah, Lou, that, that's all good. I mean, I, I feel you on that. I do have him higher because when Zach Ertz is at his best, I mean, there's not many guys that, that can compete with him. I mean, you're talking about a guy that can – easily get over 10 receptions in a game in just a blink of an eye. But yeah, Dallas Goddard is really uh, emerging as to be, you know, one of those guys that, that are seriously impacting his, his target number and so on. I mean, Dallas Goddard has his own role inside the offense now. 
So if Philly ever got tired of having two tight ends, really want to narrow it down to one, Goddard would be the cheaper option. I'm sure that they would be a team that would pay a high price for someone like Zach Ertz. I have Hooper at four, Steve. He's a good dude. And I think um, the Cleveland offense will be a lot better than it was last year, specifically because he's there to take a lot of pressure off the receivers. Uh, three, I have Mark Andrews. I think him and Lamar just have that connection. And I think that's their, their main offensive uh, scheme is they either want to run the ball or they want to get it to the tight end in traffic and, and in the red zone. Two, I have Kittle. I think he's going to do a lot more blocking this season, but he still will be a great uh, offensive option. He's After the catch, he's arguably the best player in the league statistically. And then one, I have Kelsey because that offense, no matter what, is going to put up points. Kev, before you hop in with your 5-1, to one, um, I'm going to hop in with mine. And Lou, I do have Austin Hooper here. And there are a lot of mouths to feed in, in Cleveland, but Austin Hooper's potential, I mean, we, we know it, it, it's with the best in the league. I mean, he was an absolute difference maker this year. Um, and what a steal for fantasy owners if you had Austin Hooper this year, picking him up either on the waiver wire or drafting him late. So, so good for you guys. You always want to make sure um, that you can really get those guys in the late rounds that, that you know are going to make a difference on your team. So like I said, Austin Hooper at 5, F 4. I can attest to Mark Andrews having a great relationship with Lamar Jackson, um, and I have him at 4. I still have Zach Ertz at three, but Lou, I definitely understand um, your reasoning for putting him at five, and five isn't even a bad spot. It's just trying to be realistic with Dallas Goddard getting his own work there as well. Two, I have George Kittle. The reason why I have Kittle at two instead of one is because I think that we all have to be realistic and know that it's a lot harder for the 49ers to be that team next year than it is for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, we know that the 49ers are going to be in an absolute blood battle in that division against the Cardinals, against the Rams, and the Seahawks twice a year. I mean, if they, if they split against all those teams, I would consider that as a, as a good thing. You know what I mean? So I definitely think that George Kittle will continue to be a tackle breaker, you know, a, a, great, a great option for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but I just think Travis Kelsey will, will do it to a, a little better level. Um, with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback, probably catching more touchdowns. Um, if you're valuing the, the position and you're counting and blocking, you could definitely say that Kittle's the better tight end over Kelsey. But when we're bringing it to fantasy, it's all about the numbers. And I, I love me some Kelsey. Yeah, we know, we know you love you some Kelsey, Steve. But, Lou, I'm with you, bro. Like, day one, if there's controversy, I'm in it with you because I got Zach Ertz right there at 5'2", my brother. So don't feel bad. I'm in this war with you. But... I got Zach Ertz at five. I do have Darren Waller at four, and I know that's kind of high, but I do feel like him and Josh Jacobs really are that offense. And obviously we saw last year that Derek Carr trusts him and likes throwing to him. And Steve, like you said with Deshaun Watson in, in the quarterback uh, episode, last episode, I don't expect the Raiders to have a great season, but I definitely do expect Waller to have a very good season as we saw last year. At three, I got Mark Andrews. And then at two and one, I think, you know, we all pretty much got the same thing in Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Well, guys, that wraps up our tight end rankings. If you guys want to hear the rankings again, gladly listen to the episode over or just go to our website, sinceasandbox.net, become a member and go to our members only page. You guys can download the cheat sheets right from there, take a screenshot, however it works. But that wraps things up. Next episode, we'll get you guys some more fantasy rankings. Running backs and wide receivers are next on the list. Make sure to stay tuned. Leave us that five-star review. Since the Sandbox, we out.